It's my turn to talk now. Um, for those of you that are watching this online, and even for some of you newcomers, I need to explain why I'm up here. Uh, PJ's on vacation, and very much deserved vacation. Um, Ever since this church got started 30-whatever years ago, it has always been believed that when PJ was gone, the board members would step up and take care of the service. I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> now I'm thinking different. But that's a rub against some different religions that think that a sermon can only be given by a pastor or a reverend. Okay. Um, we believe that anybody could basically get up and give a sermon anytime. That God should be working in your life, which obviously he is listening to the testimonies that were awesome this morning and took a lot of time, and I'm very thankful for all of you. But it's also a thing that we got away from during the pandemic. During that, we... um. When PJ would be gone, we had him just make videos that we could just put online when he was gone, which was easy for the board guys. It was like, hey, that's a great idea. We don't have to do this. But that's not who we are. That's not what we do. Um, we put out a lay leader sheet. After you've been here a while, your name might show up on this list that back when we could pass communion, you got to start by serving communion as a way of service. Then you would work your way up to the lay leader. Then you would work your way up to communion. It was a way of growth, spiritual growing. Because when you see your name on that list, the first thing that happens is panic. Because you have to do public speaking. And that's not easy. It's no different than when I was informed a month ago that, hey, guess what? It's your turn. <laughs> awesome. So excited. But as a board, if we're not expecting ourselves to step up out of our box do things that we don't normally do, how can we expect everybody else to step up and jump outside of their box? We don't ask for perfection. What I'm going to say today is not going to be perfection. There's probably even going to be some stuff that's wrong. We're not about perfection. I've stood up here enough to know that I ramble. But in the end, the Holy Spirit will work its way from my mouth into your heart to work it through the rest of the week. I've got words that I have typed out. So far, the only thing that I've said that I've typed out was good morning. <laughs> Where this goes, 
we're going to run with it. Kind of like testimonies this morning. Run with it. See where it takes us. So this morning I was, I was looking at something to preach about. And since I had a whole month to do this, I kind of chose a verse and I just kind of chewed on it for a month, just thought about it. I'm not one to do big research and go to this commentator, that commentator. It's not my thing. So I chose a verse and just thought about it from every different angle I could try to think about it. And it was really kind of interesting, the thoughts that go through your head. (laughs) Scary what goes through my head. (laughs) But the verses in John, um, verses 3 through 11, Go ahead and throw that up, Taylor. I got my clicker, but I'm not going to use it. Um, PJ just went through this maybe a couple months ago. But it says, the teachers, of the, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw the stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this time, those who heard began to go away, one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. It's kind of a basic, straightforward story. But when you start chewing on it, start thinking about it. Of course, the first person you go to is the woman. And yes, it's easy to go to, well, I've never committed adultery. Okay, maybe you haven't. But you have sinned. You have lied. And if you're still sitting there saying, nope, not me, well, you just lied, so you got caught just like she did. (laughs) And it's easy to want to bash the woman for her sin. Trade a sin for a sin. We're all there. We've all been there. We've all been the ones singled out. If you don't remember ever being singled out... Think back to elementary school. Think back to middle school. When you didn't wear the right shirt. When you didn't wear the cool pants. When you didn't hang out with the cool kids. When you were the loner on the playground. We've all been there. So can we relate to her? 
Absolutely. So then I started thinking about the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time. Have you been in that group? Nope. Never been on church board. Never been a pastor. Never been a preacher. Nope. Maybe you haven't. Have you ever been in a group that was throwing stones at somebody? Have you ever jumped on Facebook and put comments that you might not necessarily need to have made? It's easy to jump on a bandwagon. It's easy to jump on a train and say, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's easy to point fingers. Especially when there's a big group of you, and then you just get slid right in without being noticed, per se. We've all been there, and it's a pretty easy jump to get there. But the one I really wanted to focus on, especially with how things are in the world today, I looked at it through Jesus' eyes, as close as I can look at it to through Jesus' eyes. Because in the world we're living in today, Everything and everyone has a label. You think about it, you're either black, white, Republican, Democrat, whatever you want to associate yourself as, whatever you want to view yourself as. People, for some reason, want to have a label whether it makes them feel included, I don't know. But looking at this story through the eyes of Jesus, I noticed one thing. At the time, women were not highly regarded in this culture. They were viewed more as a slave as a way to birth boys so we had more people to do our work for us. And if we did have a baby girl, then we used them as a way to gain more land or whatever. A way of, they were basically barter bait. Aren't you glad we're not there? But he didn't view her anything less than everybody else. He viewed them all as the same. So, once again, my brain is weird. It doesn't always work right. But I went there, so I'm going there. In true PJ fashion, I have to have props. So... What do you see? It's a can. What's in it? No idea, right? Big cans, little cans, tall skinny cans, short stubby cans, right? 
All shapes, all sizes. Doesn't matter what's in them, does it? All you see is the can. That's all Jesus sees. When Jesus looks at us, there's no labels. We're just humans. Did Jesus see male, female? Yes. In this story, there was no male. There was no female. It was just human. End of story. So, why do we need labels? Why do we label ourselves? Kind of silly, right? There's only one label that is ever going to matter. Want to guess what it is? Child of God. That's it. If you can call yourself a child of God and look at everybody else in the world as a child of God, it's a pretty cool place to live in. You ever thought of the world that Christ lived in? You think we got it bad? Everything that's going on in the world today was going on when he was here. There was wars. There was immorality. There was, I'm better than you. Na, 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 na. It hasn't changed over 2,000 years. And we think that it's horrible now. It's no different. Why can't we look at the world as cans? What's inside those cans? What does Christ see when he looks in those cans? Are we all different? Yeah. We have talents. We have abilities. Every one of us. Do some of us have more of one than the other? Sure. That's why we need each other. Do we have fears? Do we have anxieties? Do we have self-doubt? Do we have everything that you feel emotionally, physically? Yeah, they're all in there. He knows they're in there. But what does he see? He sees a human that needs help. And then I came across another harebrained idea, which I thought was really cool. He said to the woman, I don't condemn you. Why? He's Jesus. He can't stand sin. So why didn't he condemn her? And it popped in my head. Jesus didn't come to the world to judge it. He came to save it. Jesus' job was not to judge the world. It still isn't. One day it will be. One day he will come back and be the judge of judges. But that's not today. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But it's not right now. 
That's God the Father's job. Which is why we take communion. Going through Jesus to get to God the Father. So if Jesus doesn't judge, and we call ourselves Christians, as PJ says, they called them little Christs, why are we so judgmental on the world? How is that going to lead them to Christ? So that they too can have the label of child of God. You're not going to get them by browbeating them. You're not going to get them by throwing Bible verses out to prove your opinion is right. Because if you haven't seen it enough, you can throw a Bible verse on either end of anything. You've got to twist it a little bit. But every side's got a Bible verse. Doesn't mean it's right. They throw them out there, though. Jesus never had a Bible. But people followed him. He spoke truth, but he spoke it in love because he's seen humans, not labels. Easy enough? I'm going to end it this way. We need to see people as humans, not labels. We need to remember that just because we call ourselves Christians, we are all still sinners and mess up just as much as everybody else in the world. And we must also thank God every day for the grace, mercy, and truth that he continues to show every one of us every day. And we must try to show the world the same grace, mercy, and truth every day. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the time that we had together in this church. Thank you for all the testimonies that you've given this morning. Thank you for working in each and every one of our lives. Thank you for guiding this service and this message also. Bless this uh, congregation as they go out and continue to do your work. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.